0: This podcast is brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Keep Joy on air by becoming a member, a subscriber or donate. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community.
1: This is a Joy podcast brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus radio station, Joy 94.9. For more information, head to joy.org.au.
0: Now we have Richard Foster from the Foster Report coming up. Very sadly, Warren, we have not yet organised a, an official um, theme song. We'll just have to bring it. Richard it. Foster Richard. reports to cricket. Hello, Foster. How are you doing?
1: <laughs> Good afternoon to you both. Yes, I'm noting the sad omission of a theme song. Here I was all g'd <laughs> up and uh, I, I hit crickets. Well, not the first time, I suppose.
0: <laughs> Richard Foster, so much happened over the weekend. Mm. Since th- between Thursday and today, not just in Victorian politics, but in the United States of the Americas, so much mm. going on. Where do we start?
1: Well, in case you were under a rock over the weekend, you would have missed the resignation of Health Minister Jenny McCarkos first thing Saturday. That came after Daniel Andrews basically pointed to her during the inquiry last week over aged care... Uh, sorry, over the hotel quarantine, saying that she was responsible. So she was having none of it, and she resigned on Saturday morning, saying she could no longer serve in the Cabinet if that was the view of the Premier, essentially. Mm. Um, So now all all eyes turn to what happens from here. Um, The health minister's been replaced uh, by Martin Foley, who until Saturday was the Minister for Mental Health, Equality and Creative Industries. Yes, he's in Um, fact our minister. Into, yes, if you like. yes.
0: In fact, I, I, I intersect him on three three fronts, I believe. So, actually,
1: <laughs> <laughs> so you would, yes, exactly. Yeah. I think creative industries too. Yes, exactly. yeah,
0: yeah. Thank um,
1: you. So, look, a, a big a big challenge for anyone coming into that portfolio. Certainly. Mm. So time will tell how um, a previously junior minister will go. Um, it's a big ask of anyone.
0: Um, I think particularly for um, Minister Foley, who we, of course, know and love because he's often on joy. Mm. I mean, it's a big ask. He's obviously called up. He will do his duty because he's a faithful minister in the government. But to be thrust in front of that horde of journalists and then you know, 15 hours he'd been in the job and they were chucking questions, which is to be expected, but it's a big thing to get your head around.
1: Yeah, you wouldn't want to do it, would you? It's Um, called a hospital pass for
0: a reason, I'm sure.
1: (laughs) Yes, exactly right. Exactly right. Richard, Uh, will we? Sorry, will, 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 will we find out who chose security guards? in the hotel quarantine? Uh, well that, that's uh, Your guess is as good as mine, Warren. All indications at the moment are that no-one's prepared to fess up. Um, there's been a, a, a conga line of public servants all denying that they can remember what they were doing that day the decision was made. Um, really, is there any
0: truth s- to the sort of, uh, I mean, uh, just a theory, that the Victoria Police were asked to, guide, to guard the hotel quarantine and they said, no, it's uh, beneath our pay grade, we won't do it, so that they were sort of left with the option of looking at private security firms.
1: Well, there was evidence put to the inquiry to that effect. Right. Um, You know, it'll be interesting to see what the inquiry finds, Mm. whether the inquiry finds that that evidence holds or it doesn't. But, yes, that's quite right. That was what was said. Um, It was also said then that there were two options prevailing after that, and that was private security or the ADF.
0: Yeah, and so that's the main thing is that that they're saying, oh, no, nobody told us that the ADF were available Mm. to us. Well, it's a state of emergency. It's a state of disaster. You would think that the... uh, uh, the army would be an option yeah yeah, yeah it's yeah, an extraordinary um, time do we have any heads up yet as to who will replace uh, jenny McCarkos? i believe they have to pick somebody from the upper house couple um, of
1: replacements to to take account of actually there's her spot in the upper house and there's her spot in the cabinet so we're, we're looking at a backbencher coming into the cabinet spot at the moment all all signs are it will be ingrid stiff from mm-hmm. the backbench Turning to who's going to replace her uh, in, in the House, though. Um, and uh, uh, Now, this doesn't go to a by-election in the upper house, so we're not racing off to the polls to do this. This will be a party nomination, an ALP nomination. And look, all, all manner of people are throwing up. They cannot get their hands in the air quick enough um, out of the ALP to jump onto it. Um, the ones that stand out, though, as more serious players, you know, once you whittle it all back... Two Indigenous ALP members, Sheena Watt and Prue Stewart, are emerging mm-hmm. as frontrunners there. Matt Hillikari, the brother of Luke Hillikari, who's the current um, uh, Trades Hall Secretary. Matt Hillakari has been a career political staffer. He's the current convener of uh, the uh, socialist left faction for Labor in Melbourne. He's also expressed interest. Won't they want to take
0: it? somebody from Makakos' faction, though? Isn't that the way the Labor Party works?
1: Yeah, the trouble is when you get three nominations that are kind of serious from the same faction. Yeah, okay. and that's that's where you, that's where you have to make a choice, and no? it's yep. not always easy. Um, look, there's a, there's going to be quite quite understandably too a lot of pressure to replace um, Jenny McCarkos with another female member because of course Labor has a target of fifty percent female representation in parliamentary yep. roles. Now they're they're oversubscribed, if you like, if that's a thing with uh, with women in the upper house, but not in the lower house. Mm. So they may want to take this. Opportunity to keep those numbers strong in the upper house to offset the underperformance, if you like, in the lower house. So time will tell. But yes, Matt Hilakari and um, and two others, all uh, all shaping up. Prue uh, pre Stewart and Sheena. What that is shaping up as front runners. I'd like Gets. to see
0: Harriet Shing come up. I think she's a fabulous rep.
1: Word has it, it won't happen. But right. yes, I take your point.
0: Hmm. I take your point. Well, she's also right. Um, right across those three folio- portfolios that Martin has left. Anyway, let's move on because yeah, right. I find that all very, very interesting. <laughs> but it's also coming up. Warren, here's a question without notice. What's your local government electorate? Local? I don't know. Oh, Mel- do Melba, it, I think. Do Melba or Melbourne, I think. Melbourne or something. in Melbourne. Melbourne? Melba, I think. Okay. Oh, Melba,
1: Yeah. Oh, like know. a ward. Okay. Yes,
0: Oh, yeah. Right. Okay. I'm looking forward to the elections coming up. Well, We're postal okay. voting, am I, am I right? <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah, we are. <laughs> when do they come out the postal votes? Day. Well, they're, they're dripping out this week, which is why we thought might, we might have a chat about it today because uh, a lot of people will start receiving their ballots this week. 79 local councils in the state, 76 of them going to post-elections. Mm. What's happening to the other three, I hear you ask? They're not having an election because those three have been stood down for various allegations of all sorts of inappropriate oh, okay. conduct. I wonder why candidate. there were three
0: missing, yeah, mm. OK. Yeah. And mm. The, the surf isn't it? Something like this, the weird ones. Uh, South,
1: South Gippsland, uh, you right. might be thinking of. Uh, okay. Yeah, um, and uh, look, you're testing me, but I think it's going to be Shepherd and Whittlesey, the other two. Okay. So maybe if we just look at the City of Melbourne, given that that's the most prominent, that's where our Lord Mayor's uh, chosen, I thought we could probably just skip through a couple of the main candidates and see what's happening on that battleground. This isn't actually the first postal ballot for the City of Melbourne. It will be for many other councils going this year, though. The um, City of Melbourne has been do- has done this a couple of times. So Sally Cap is uh, obviously running again, having replaced Robert Doyle after he stood down amid sexual harassment allegations. Um, her deputy Aaron Wood, who was also on Robert Doyle's ticket twice in the previous two elections, he's running against Sally Cap. Um, Sally uh, has been out there with all sorts of weird and wonderful big... And I shouldn't say weird and wonderful. They're, they're actually just really big announcements, and that's going to be the key to her campaign, mm. um, using uh, the Lord Merrill spot, I guess, the benefit of incumbency to go mm. and make some really big promises. Aaron Wood says... Uh, it is is kind of interesting campaign, this one. He says he's running to relax planning rules and to help protect the Queen Victoria market from inappropriate redevelopment. Don't know how those two go together. But anyway, we'll <laughs> see how that plays out. Um, curious campaign to run. Um, um, I'm also not too certain how he 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 stands to protect the Queen Victoria Market after having voted 12 times in public meetings of the of previous two councils to redevelop the Queen Victoria. Okay. market. but okay. <laughs> okay. well, that was before he was going for mayor. Right. Mate. <laughs> <laughs> well, that well, this is this is right, amazing how things can change yeah. people's minds overnight. Another one to have a look at Gary Morgan, he, look <laughs> a lovable serial candidate, the uh, head of Roy Morgan polling, mm. uh, running now for the fifth time. Why not give it another crack? Mm-hmm. Um, he's opposing the safe injecting room in the CD. He, CBD. He wants to extend the free tram zone, um, but actually, interestingly, repurposing public uh, sorry vacant buildings to house the homeless that's been talked about before. But uh, he wants to get on board with that too.
0: And we do have quite some amount of uh, vacant public buildings now. I think it's a great idea. Indeed. Um, uh, well, it,
1: it is. Yeah, it can be. It can work with the uh, with the uh, right infrastructure around it. I think mm. um, his uh, his first councillor candidate, uh, which is who who would be likely to get back up if he polls well enough, is uh, councillor Dr Jackie. Watts. Been in since 2010, and uh, has has quite a good record on council. I think anyway, mm. um, and she would be uh, prosecuting. Those Date that
0: the council elections ha- are closed. Do you know?
1: Now, no, I don't. It's November, guess is it? The No, no, it's October. It's the end of October. Okay, right. Pick a date around the end of October and Mm -hmm. that'll be it. So get your balance in if you are in Richard. Yeah, absolutely. I got a mail out in my letterbox in the city of Yarra and um, it looked very much like Clive Palmer because it was yellow and it said Richmond first, like a billboard um, plastered across it. And then I read some of the things and I thought, yeah, yeah, everyone's onto the safe injecting room and all these other issues. Ah. But I thought, you don't know what they're going to do once they get in, do you? Because
0: there's no accountability. accountability. No, yeah, you yeah, could say politics. whatever you
1: say whatever you want on a gl- glossy brochure to get the vote. <laughs>
0: well, it's our job to keep them accountable, isn't it? That's the whole way the democracy yeah, works.
1: Absolutely. Can I just say, Warren, welcome to politics. <laughs> now, emphasise <laughs> that. that. Now,
0: quickly, I know that we, we wanted to talk <laughs> quickly about that, and we don't have a lot of yeah. time, but we do want to mention that Amy Coney Barrett has been touched mm. by Donald Trump <laughs> as the. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, tell us about uh, as the nominee. Uh,
1: not her too.
0: <laughs> tell us about
1: her. What is she? What's she like? Well, look, a um, a a very proud conservative judge. Uh, she's. So she's a judge already. She sits on the uh, the appellate federal court in the States. Just 48 years old, um, so it'll be a very young appointment to um, to the Supreme Court. This That actually makes it doubly interesting because when you think of, of who she would be replacing, um, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, of course, RBG served on the Supreme Court for some 26 years. So with Barrett being at the age of just 48, it's highly probable, and sorry, with life terms, I should say, for Supreme mm. Court judges in the States, it's highly likely that she would pass Barrett and this means this just adds a whole new weight of significance to the decision this is a decision that's going to be around for a generation
0: yeah and not something to be rushed into with two weeks to go and as, I, as I was reading this morning Americans are currently voting they, they're currently allowed to issue a vote and so I don't think I mean I, I would I hope that the um the Dems find a way to block this, but she's been nominated, well, hasn't she? She, but there's still more she's, process to still, go.
1: She's, yeah. Well, well, Trump says he's going to nominate, and that should occur this week. Look, it, it's going to it, it's of it, it's of importance to uh, to Americans, and of course, uh, Americans are divert, devoting their attention to this largely around issues like like the right to abortion. Look, Barrett has been on the record more than once saying that she opposes pregnancy terminations. She she has described the Roe Wade decision, which is the decision in the states mm. that states uh, that gives a woman the right to abort a pregnancy. Um, she's described that position as a fanciful interpretation of the Constitution. So clearly, I mean, you could you could argue there's an apprehended bias against these decisions already before mm. she's on the bench. But that's not going to stop the appointment. Really, the only creativity that a, that a Democrat could bring to this would be to increase the size of the bench. That's really the only way they're going to be able to deal with this if and mm. when they get into office again. And look, frankly, that that would be so. Seen, um, almost as con- well, it, probably even more controversially than uh, than Barrett's rushed appointment.
0: Yeah, right. oh, or change the hearts and minds of sitting judges. That's the other way we could go. And I think um, if anybody can change the hearts and minds of existing right wing nut jobs, it's Donald Trump. Gotta let you go, mate. <laughs> See you next week. <laughs> it's lovely to speak with you. See you <laughs> Thanks next week for the, the report. Thanks
1: for listening to another Joy Podcast. Brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community radio station, Joy ninety four point nine. For more podcasts or to support Joy by becoming a member, donating or subscribing, head to joy.org.au.
0: Thanks for listening to another Joy podcast brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Help keep Joy on air. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community.